It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2020, and I'm about to say something that I haven't said very often, especially over the last few weeks. I am really excited for today's podcast. I think it's going to be a good one. We got four games to recap couple series came to an end. A few of them, or at least one of them, uh, is going to continue to march on. Some really interesting uh, games of baseball yesterday. Now, there was one rainout. Uh, Cubs-Marlins postponed. They will be playing today at 2.08 Eastern, so maybe even by the time you're listening to this, they may have already started. But I'll start with the first game of the day, as I did yesterday. The Atlanta Braves just took care of business. A 5-0 victory over the Cincinnati Reds. They move on to the NLDS. You know, I picked the Reds to win that series. I wasn't super confident with them. And, uh, I, I look, they were a team, I think I might have said this on the podcast. If not, I, I felt that way. I felt like this Reds team was every bit as capable of getting swept out of the first round as they were of making it all the way to the NLCS or the World Series. And we saw that uh, on, on full display over those two games. You got two really good starting pitching performances. Bauer was uh, phenomenal uh, on uh, on Wednesday and then on Thursday, Luis Castillo, very good. They scored zero runs. They scored zero runs in 22 innings. I don't know how you live that down, man. I mean, that is really a brutal statistic. Now, look, a lot of credit goes to Atlanta. And and the big reason why I didn't pick the Braves to win that series was because I didn't have a ton of faith in their starting pitching. I thought Max Fried would pitch all right. But beyond that, they went with Ian Anderson. This is a guy who'd only pitched, what, 32-plus innings uh, since, you know, as, as a rookie, you know, since being called up. I didn't have a ton of faith in him. Sparkling yesterday. Six scoreless frames, great command. You know, what's weird is I, you look at that Cincinnati team, and I, I still think that they have the ability to, to have kind of a bright future, but... You know, this year it seemed like a lot of things were set up pretty well for them, and I think that is a team that really suffered a lot from not being able to play the full 162. Because I think if this thing would have gone deeper, that rotation really would have shined. You had three workhorses in Bauer, Castillo, and Gray. You know, who knows what they could have done, but offensively was where they they were awful in this series, and offensively was where they struggled a lot throughout the season. And it really is baffling because you look at that lineup, you look at that team, you see maybe guys who may be a little bit past their prime, like a Joey Votto, but you have several guys who are still in their primes. Mike Moustakis is a good ball player. Nick Castellanos, as critical as I was of him in his time in Detroit, guy can still hit, guy's a good ball player. Eugenio Suarez was the home run champ uh, a, a year ago, or maybe he wasn't the home run champ, but you know, he hit a bunch of bombs. He was just brilliant a season ago and has been since he got there. It just doesn't seem like they're a team that gels very well offensively. And Joey Votto's, I think, were a nightmare comment. Look, I give him credit for confidence, but uh, that's, uh, you know, looking, it obviously looked kind of stupid now. They went 22 innings without scoring a single run, but a lot of credit to Atlanta marching on. I mean, Cincinnati threw everything they had at them, at least in terms of pitching. And I think one of the big things we've seen so far in this postseason has been experience. Experience 
is shining through. And Atlanta, well, you know, in 2018, they lost in the NLDS. I viewed that as a wash. It was kind of a happy-to-be-there type of event. They had overachieved. They won the division. It was kind of a return to greatness for the Atlanta Braves. Last year, I thought they underachieved. They went up against a Cardinals team that they were substantially better than in the NLDS. They let a game slip away in Game 4 when they could have clinched the series. You come back in Game 5. Mike Fultonavich forgets how to pitch. You give up 10 runs in the top of the first inning, putting that game on ice right away. And uh, with Mike Soroka being out and tearing his Achilles at the beginning of this season, uh, I-, I wasn't sure if they would have the starting pitching to be able to even win a best-of-three series, but uh, I was wrong. Bullpen was great. Lineup did just enough. Came alive off of Rysel Iglesias uh, in the late innings yesterday. Really impressive performance uh, by the uh, Atlanta Braves moving on to the NLDS. In the second game, uh, the, the third game of the three-game series between the A's and the White Sox A's came out on top, clinching their spot in the ALDS first uh, uh, elimination game or first winner take all the game they've won in forever. Look, very impressive for Oakland, a very good offensive performance. But to me, I, I want to focus on the White Sox here, you know, because I'm going to talk about Oakland plenty over the next couple games as they move on to play Houston in the ALDS. But I want to talk about Chicago. Look, I think I put the cart before the horse in terms of how I viewed this White Sox team. Because for a minute there, I I thought they looked like the best team in the American League, maybe the best team in baseball. Lineup was incredible. They were getting good pitching performances. What we saw from them over the last couple weeks was, one, a team with tremendous inexperience. But even more so, I think Rick Renteria really showed his true colors as a manager, and I think he made a lot of mistakes, and I think there's a lot of people who are going to be breathing down his neck, demanding a change. Yesterday, he overmanaged that ball game to a hilarious level. I mean, they used nine pitchers in eight innings. They walked nine and struck out seven. And what's too bad is I think offensively they were fine, and they really early on had the opportunity to break that game open. Tim Anderson had nine hits in three games. How good is he? Uh, Luis Robert kind of caught fire a little bit, hit one of the most impressive home runs I've seen in a long time, a 487-foot blast off of Mike Fires. They were up 3 nothing in that ballgame. It seemed like they were kind of prepped to pull away, left a few runners on base, and I give the A's a lot of credit for chipping away. You know, that they, they showed a lot more heart yesterday than we've seen them show in some elimination games over the last several seasons. Look, I regret the take that this was the best team in the American League or maybe the best team in baseball. That was a little bit short-sighted. I still think, and I'll talk a little bit more about the team in San Diego, but I think in terms of teams with the strongest cores, the strongest cores of young talent in Major League Baseball, I think it's the White Sox in the American League and then everybody else. They will be back. I thought they had a good offseason last year. I think they're going to build off of it this year. And that lineup, that they with this season, what they became is, is a destination that a lot of players are going to want to come to. If you are a hitter, let's say you, like, hypothetically, because they're going to lose James McCann, right? Let's say you're a JT Real Muto. I mean, you want to, how, how fun would it be to insert yourself in a lineup with Robert and Anderson and Abreu and Robert? Like, this is going to be a, an extremely dangerous ball club over the next several years. I think they got a lot of confidence. They got a lot of swagger. It's just that the holes in their pitching staff, both starters and relievers, uh, were shown over the last several weeks of the season, especially in the postseason against the A's, and it forced Rick Renteria to really overmanage. I I kid you not, I think if that game would have gone into extra innings, I'm, I think we may have ended up seeing Lucas Giolito pitch out of the pen on one day's rest. They, They were out of pitchers! 
And, and I thought that was insane. Now, obviously, you had an injury there uh, that was you know kind of devastating for them. But I didn't get the whole Dane Dunning going two thirds of an inning. Like I, I understand having a guy in a short leash. I just don't really understand that, and I think that was uh, that was kind of stupid. Besides that, you know, you could argue they overachieved this year. They're going to be back. That's going to be a dangerous ball club over the next several years. I really looking, I really look forward to seeing what the Chicago White Sox have to offer over the next several seasons. All right, so that'll do it for segment one. When I come back, we'll talk about the two games from yesterday that I haven't talked about yet. Two National League games: Cardinals, Padres, and Dodgers, Brewers. We will be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. Thank you very much for tuning in. Time to recap the last two games of yesterday. I'm actually going to work in reverse order, much like I did uh, yesterday on the pod as well. I'm going to start with the Dodgers game, which was the last game to finish. Dodgers took care of business. They knocked out the Brewers. I, I was worried. The Dodgers, in their infinite quest to gag it up every year, were gonna. I didn't think they were gonna lose, but I thought maybe they'd find a way to make uh, find a way to make this series interesting, or find a way to to push this thing to three games. They didn't. They went up against a bad team. They did everything they needed to do. weren't overly dominant necessarily, but they took care of business. And look, as much as I and many other people have ripped Clayton Kershaw for his October performances in the past. You got to give him credit when he delivers. Yesterday was his, far and away, his best postseason start of all time. Eight innings, three hits, zero runs, one walk, and 13 strikeouts. He's looked as good this year as I have seen him probably since 2017, maybe even 2016. He's just been brilliant. And I, look, I always root for Clayton Kershaw. I root for Clayton Kershaw every year in the postseason and every year he's let me down. I still believe the man is one of the greatest pitchers that has ever walked this earth. Him winning the MVP in 2014, which he absolutely deserved, was a thing of beauty. Every one of his starts was must-watch television. I love Clayton Kershaw. I root for Clayton Kershaw. I want Clayton Kershaw to be successful and dominate in October. He just, he rarely has. But yesterday... Yeah, that was an incredible performance. He put the team on his back. Like I said, eight innings of scoreless ball, completely dominant. I, I mean, fate, look, facing an offense that is pretty inept, but we've seen him face average offenses in the past in the postseason and get bombed. He was glorious yesterday. And, and to me, Kershaw, it's like watching LeBron or something. Like, Kershaw at his best is still a joy and a privilege to watch. Happy to see him dealing yesterday. Now, on to the most entertaining game, not just of the day, but of the postseason so far. Padres beat the Cardinals 11-9. Before I praise the Padres, which I'm going to be doing a ton of, I got to say, for the first 15 innings of this series, they looked like gutter trash. Pitching was terrible. 
offense wasn't that great, defense was bad, base running was bad. They looked like a team that was completely overwhelmed by the moment, completely overwhelmed by the fact that they were playing in the postseason, going up against a very experienced ball club in St. Louis that seemed like they had their head on straight and was ready to march on into the postseason. Padres down 6-2 to yesterday, made an incredible comeback. Tatis with a three-run home run to make it 6-5. Next batter, Manny Machado with a home run to tie it. You got two home runs by Will Myers and then another solo shot opposite field by Fernando Tatis Jr. later in the game. Trevor Rosenthal made it a roller coaster there, but ultimately closed that game out there in the top of the ninth inning. A wonderful game, the most entertaining game I've watched uh, all season. The most entertaining baseball game I've watched in almost a full calendar year. This year has been so dull at so many points, and I've been I've been angry at the players. I'm not going to lie. Like It just seems like there's been so many guys just going through the motions, right? And yet, you watch this Padres team. I love this team. And, and I this is coming from someone who's had trouble buying in. And I'm still not saying I think they're going to win the World Series, but God, I'm so rooting for them to win tonight. God, I want him to beat the Cardinals tonight. First of all, I'm just in general kind of sick of the Cardinals. Um, I I think the Cardinals have kind of a a art 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 thou greater than attitude that really kind of bothers me. Going up against this Padres team with infinite swagger, maybe they don't have the the resume to back it, but they will soon. This is an incredibly talented team, and Fernando Tatis Jr. I know I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I know a lot of people have said this. Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the best things that has happened to this sport in a long time. That dude is human electricity. Imagine Javi Baez if he knew how to draw walks. That's that's what Fernando Tatis is. And what's, what's fun about him and what's fun about this Padres team is despite how bad they look, and Tatis had left a million guys on base in the first two games of the series, didn't quit and balled out in the late innings of yesterday's game. God, that was fun. I, I Like, seriously, for baseball's sake, I so want them to win this evening. I want to see Dodgers-Padres in the NLDS. I think it would be so much fun for baseball. And while I, I, I think the, the Padres desperately need uh, Lamette and Clevenger back if they want to handle the Los Angeles Dodgers, just seeing the Padres play or, or make some kind of deep run into the postseason would be worth it for me. I, I'm Actually, I, I never do this, but I'm going to tell my dad this evening, Dad... Go to ESPN tonight. You got to see this guy play. This dude, this Tatis, is an icon in the making. Fernando Tatis is the most marketable player baseball has seen since Derek Jeter. It's been a long time since one dude has captivated baseball fans the way that he has. After watching the the miserable Tigers for 60 games, Last night was the first time I actually felt something during a baseball game in 2020. God bless you, Nando. God bless you, San Diego. I'm on board with that team, man. Like It took me a while to buy in, and I'm not saying I'm picking them to win the World Series, but that game yesterday was about as much fun as I've had watching a baseball game in a long time. And after this stretch that I've personally been going through, where I've just felt numb and nothing has been exciting... That was such a breath of fresh air. I'm going to remember that that game, that moment, and that player in Fernando Tatis Jr. for a long time. What an awesome spectacle that was last night in San Diego. Can't wait to see how that series wraps up. So that will do it for this show and this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-O. 
one for while you're at it go to apple podcasts go to itunes leave a positive review of this show it would be much appreciated leave a five-star review of this show and you know what i've seen a few more over the last couple days means a lot no one recently has called me a garbage human being so that makes me feel a little bit better about myself we're going to be back here next week uh, recapping the games from over the weekend and, and previewing the divisional series that are going to be coming up. Thank you very much for sticking with me, guys. I'm, I really am doing the best I can. I think last night with the Padres game and, and really the, the last couple of days of baseball, I feel like I've got that jolt. I'm, I'm maybe To make a baseball analogy, I feel like I'm starting to get my fastball back, and I hope we do. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.